stay with the coach. Day twenty radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com. From Sunny Shore City, you're listening to the Underground Radio, bringing you all of the very best Pokemon news and views this side of Twist Mountain. I'm Natil. And I'm Sam. For today's broadcast, we'll be filling you in on all the latest news from around the Pokemon world, recapping our question of the week, analyzing the latest from the Underground Radio's X and Y news desk, and spotlighting a tasty ice-type Pokemon from the Unova region. So sit back, relax, and give your Radio Rotome what it wants. Chatter time! Chatter time. Elite Four week is this week, right? It is this week, but I don't know if we're actually going to hold the tournament or not. Oh, right, because we one of our Elite Four members is not going to be able to attend and subsequently yes. is leaving us, so... Yep, so I'm thinking what we're going to do this week is we're going to do some kind of a thing where if anybody wants to try out for the spot, they can, you know, kind of come to us and we'll get them set up for maybe battling Adam at some point, or maybe we'll do some kind of a playoff thing, and then we'll be able to have the first place winner of that fight Adam for the spot. You know, it'll be it'll be something along those lines. And I don't know, it's it's really sad that Adam isn't going to be able to be around for the tournament, which makes me really sad in a lot of ways, but Yeah. We'll get it figured out though. That's gonna be something we're gonna have to talk about before tomorrow, I guess. Yep. Fantastic. Oh well. Um We'll get it we'll get it all worked out and whatnot. Yep. And there are still a bunch of really talented VG players there, so Yeah. It'll be we'll be able to get something figured out. It's just a sad deal that it's you know it's his last couple of weeks down here because we we're really gonna miss him down here because He's a great guy. He's really a great awesome competitor. Player. He's a really great competitor, and I don't know. Still, he's he's moving up there because he's his wife is having girlfriend. They're not married. Girlfriend, yes. Uh, she's going up there to do some graduate work, right? Yep, she's got grad school up there. So yep. That's you know it really it's really exciting for them. I mean it's an awesome thing for them. It's just we're gonna we're gonna miss him playing Pokemon with us. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of tournaments, we're just we're just all of the uncertain about tournaments right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've not heard anything back from my venue owner about the 
future of us holding any tournaments down there in the mall for, uh, well, at least in the room anyway. For, for the summer? For the summer and early fall. Mm-hmm. I guess if we wanted to, maybe I could hold a tournament and we could just park it up in the food court, maybe, but... I'm yeah, that's more... probably going to have to be something that we're actually going to have to let the mall know about if there's going to be that many of us up there. But Yeah, probably more realistically, I'll have to start talking to libraries and see if they can temporarily host us for a while. Yeah, what if that, that worked out too? Yeah, I don't know. It's seems like such it was such a raw deal that we got for, you know, we still pulled together a lot of people for that one weekend that we had it, but it was at a point where a lot of people were busy and I don't know if that's necessarily worked against us or not. Probably a little bit. I mean, you know, it was one of those things where we didn't really have a choice in the day that we were given and we did the best we could with the day we were given, especially, you know, considering it was graduation weekend and all this other stuff. So Exactly. We we did what we could, and I guess we'll just have to take that with a grain of salt and move forward. Mm-hmm. How was League last week? League last week was kind of fun. We had the FunFest mission night that week, and I kind of found that it was a little difficult up in the food court because nobody could really hear anything. I don't know. It's the, the organizational level that we can achieve downstairs is so much better than what we can achieve upstairs. And I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where this time around, we're probably going to have to hold any more of those things downstairs for, those kind of, you know, either Fun Fest Mission Night or Underground Night, whichever one we do. And I also kind of noticed that a lot of the people at League seem kind of just very not enthusiastic about it. So, I don't know, maybe it's kind of one of those things where people are starting to get a little, um, I don't know what the right term for it would be, maybe like a little more battle-happy, maybe. Well, and I'm totally okay with that. I mean, we were struggling for a while there to, you know, get people enjoying actual battles, which is why we started these, like, secondary-style nights. And if people have gotten their fill of fun fests and whatnot, great, we'll go back to battling. Yep. I'm totally cool with that. (laughs) Oh, so that's, that's kind of what has been up as far as, like, League and stuff is concerned. More individually um as as has been per usual lately <laughs> sam's got a ton more stuff to talk about than i do but what have have you been up to much when it comes to pokemon though is animal crossing pokemon <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> animal crossing came out and my whole life was just suddenly like gotta build this town gotta get my bells so many adorable animals oh look a hat <laughs> So, like, that game has just been consuming my soul. Well. Uh, but as far as, like, actual Pokemon stuff is concerned, there's really just two things that I've been up to. Um, and the first of which has been talking um, my friend Ross through his Black playthrough. Uh, okay. He, I believe, just got his last badge, 
and he's prepping to um, head up to the Elite Four. He's just been blowing through this game. Oh, yeah. And once he gets through the Elite Four, then he and I are going to have to start talking more seriously about uh, competitive Pokemon breeding and stuff like that, which to me says it's the perfect time to redo the Ralts and Eevee episodes. But oh yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, so that's been kind of fun. It's been really neat to see him going through his Pokemon journey and talking about it and stuff like that. Um, competitively, I am prepping my Golurk for the E4 tournament. Oh. Um, I've got one bred. He just needs to be EV trained and IV bred. Or EV trained. EV trained and leveled up. Um, at this point. So, I mean, he's not, he's not outstanding, but he's Rels up. He's got perfect defenses and attack, and that's really all I needed out of him. His HP is, his base HP is pretty low, so I wasn't too worried about getting a good HP, especially if his defenses will hold up. Yeah, the, I don't know, I brought a Golurk too, and he's, he's an interesting character. I mean, he's, got some really nice attack options. He's got some really cool, uh, you know, he's got a really nice ability in the form of Iron Fist. You know, he's just a really cool Pokemon. It's just his defenses are kind of, yeah. Yeah, and when he's, you know, being so slow, it doesn't usually work out for him. But, you know, since I'm running Trick Room, it doesn't matter so so much. (laughs) Yeah, the Trick Room would definitely help out a lot. I think, and I think it'll help him out quite a bit. Um, if you come up against somebody who doesn't know what they're doing either, the immunity can catch him off guard, too. Because he's got weird immunities. He does. That lightning type, the, not lightning type, that's TCG. The electric type immunity is kind of kind of throws people off if you don't know what you're facing. Yeah, and that works out pretty well for me, so. Oh, yeah. Um. And I've got a couple of, I think I've got a Levitate user on that team. Um, do I? I don't know. I don't think I do. What well, then. This totally doesn't matter because he's using his Iron Fist abilities. So. <laughs> True story. <laughs> um, anyway, that's like, I've been trying to get that taken care of because when I decided that I wanted to keep Trick Room on my E4 team, it became a question of, you know, well, what other ghost type can I put in here to make that worthwhile? And my Sableye was an obvious choice, and I finished leveling up Sableye, and so she's prepped for this, because Prankster doesn't give two jacks about, you know, Trick Room. Yep. (laughs) Prankster just just like, oh, I'm going to go first anyway. Okay, thanks. So, (laughs) uh Sableye was a great choice, and then I was like, well, I don't know what other Pokemon I'm throwing in here. And we're going to see if Golur works. I hope he works. If he doesn't, then back to the drawing board. Yeah. And, you know, you've got a little while longer yet to be able to figure out the team and everything, so... Oh, well, I'm, like, I'm 100% for sure going to throw Golurk on here for this... this tournament. Um, And if I try him out this, you know, for this next tournament and he doesn't work out, then he'll get scrapped and I'll throw something else in for the next one. Yep. And that's what I've been up to. Woo! (laughs) 
How about you? You've been much busier than I have been. Yes. Um, probably the one of the coolest things that happened to me this last week and a half, I guess, was that when I was donating plasma on Friday, one of the technicians who was there commented on the Evolution shirt that I had that you got for me. And I was just like, yeah, and, you know, we got into this little rapport about talking about the new stuff from Gen 6, and I mentioned offhand that, you know, at Pokemon League, we were talking about this, and he was just like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? And I explained to him what Pokemon League was and that I was the league owner, and he was, his mind was just blown. He didn't even realize that that sort of thing was a thing, and... Hopefully he's going to start showing up here pretty regularly because he seemed like a really huge Pokemon fan. That is awesome. I'm really excited. Right? And I don't know, it was just kind of one of those out of the blue sort of things. And all, of course, all the other people sitting in the beds around me were just like, wow, these two must be super nerds. But... <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a super nerd. Right? Because, I mean, they, as soon as we started talking Pokemon and then IVs and EVs and things like that, they were all just looking at us just like, what the heck are these guys talking about? (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. It's awesome that he's, like, really hardcore into it. Because, like, I told you about the two college freshmen that I'm hoping will stop by that I met at work. But uh-huh. I don't I don't think they were quite so hardcore into it. Like, I don't think he knew anything about EVs and IVs quite yet. Right. Um, but, ah, more competitive players! Right? Yeah, it's going to be really awesome, and he seemed like he was a really awesome guy, so... Awesome. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, otherwise, probably one of the biggest things is that I'm trying to wrap up all of the loose ends in Black 2 in preparation of X and Y coming out here in October. And for that, I've been trying to, well, I guess... Technically, by now I have. I've obtained all of the possible FunFest missions, and I'm going to start working on trying to host all of those at League so I can get one of the medals for it. Um, and I also want to get my entry leveled up all the way to 30 for both sides, just so that I can have access to all of the pass powers. Bum, bum, bum. And surprisingly enough, it's been really, really easy to build up all of the pass orbs to be able to get those, because some of those FunFest missions return huge, huge, huge amounts of stuff for you to get. At Sunday League this last week, I was doing some FunFest missions with some of the other guys, and we ended up getting something along the lines of 30 to 40 heart scales for a award. Oh, jeez. For one of the missions. That is ridiculous. So now, and we did that twice. So now we never have, I'm I'm pretty sure I never have to worry about heart scales in 5th gen again. So. (laughs) I can see that being the case. But yeah, I did manage to get my black level up from 12 to 20 this last week end, I guess. Weekend. Yeah. And my white level is sitting at a solid 16, so um, a black level is at 20. So, nice. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that, well, I'll be hosting all the missions, so it'll be kind of one of those things where the black level will be super easy to get. I'm probably going to have to wait until 
probably Thursday league weeks to be able to level up the white entry just because it seems like while a lot of the people at our league run white too, a lot of the people at the other league run black too. So it's kind of yeah. those things where probably going to have to do a lot more of that work at Thursday league. But the good thing about Thursday league is that there's a lot of people who want to do it. So Yeah, and well it's it's another like I know we were talking about that um before too where it's like the same thing's going to happen when X and Y come out. Like almost our entire league is going to be getting Y. <laughs> Probably. It seems like a lot of people if they're not going to get both and they're only going to get one, they're all going for Y because I don't know why. <laughs> Stop That's it. That's right. I totally went there. <laughs> oh, so it's awesome though that you're getting all that stuff taken out. Um, you've been working on other black oh, yeah. and white two stuff as well. I've been working on making Join Avenue metagame compatible. Dun, dun, uh, dun. I've been trying to find some people that I know in real life around here to fill up my join avenue instead of robots because robots can't can't give me the information i need to answer the questions of the stupid little people running through there who are just like so can you tell me if somebody has likes cool pokemon or if someone say wants to wait and let someone they like tell them they like them first and you know just really just super personal questions and the robots don't understand that so i don't know it's kind of one of those things where i want to get more people that i know that are in the joint avenue and it also makes it a little more like a little more awesome that the people who are selling me stuff and the people i'm leveling the shops up for are people that i actually know and play with which is a cool thing to do. Oh, yeah. And the way I figured I would set it up is that I would have two markets, salons, diners, and museums with one of each from a black two and a white two player. And I did that mostly so that for the markets, I can get access to the super cheap vitamins for all six of them, I guess. Uh, the salons were going to be able to offer me all of the friendship evolution stuff and a variety of different EV reducing, uh, I guess, makeover things, whatever they do that will help me with just fixing any EV training mistakes. The diners are going to be really nice because they have the ability to help me raise the levels of my Pokemon really quickly. And the museums are also going to be really cool because they sell evolution items albeit at random. True story. But yeah, that'll be really cool. Um, I've also been selecting Pokemon to function as Pokestar Studios actors, which has been difficult considering that all of those movies all do a different thing. And yeah. I'm probably going to have to nail down who I want to do that with because once I, I was reading up on it and apparently... If you take a Pokemon through there and they do a strange ending in a movie, then they get this weird, like, glowing aura thing around them that you see pop up in, like, battles and things like that. And they 
earn you more money if you can if you subsequently use them in other movies. But if you do a bad movie ending with one of them, they lose that. And then you kind of have to start over. Oh, jeez. So I'm thinking I'm probably going to have to go through all of Pokestar Studios, do all of the bad endings first, then do all of the strange endings, and then subsequently all of the good endings. That makes sense. But yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of work, but I'm thinking that once I f- get it all figured out, it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, otherwise, I've also been obtaining some of the hard-to-get medals. <laughs> you were just all about this, like, extra stuff thing. Yes, I totally want to get the most out of this thing that I can before X and Y come around, and then nobody is going to be playing black and white, too. So... When it comes to the medals, too, there have been some of them that I've really been interested in getting, and one of them in particular was defeating the entire Elite Four and Champion with only one Pokemon. Oh, jeez. And I switched over to... uh, Excuse me. I switched over to Challenge Mode on Black 2 as well. Oh, Lord! You were just (laughs) just going full on! (laughs) Uh, so all of these guys, and I, and I sort of played through it at first. I saved beforehand, and I was like, well, how hard could this possibly be? Turns out <laughs> it's really, really hard. Yeah! <laughs> My level 100 Togekiss could not one-hit KO a Kof- the Kofagrigus that, oh. that Chantal started out with. And I've always been able to one-hit KO that thing before. And I was just like, oh man, this isn't good. And then it had leftovers on it, too. I was just like, well, this <laughs> certainly turned into a whole different ball game here. So I'm thinking, yeah, that's that's definitely going to be really, really interesting once I get around to it. I think you're going to need someone that hits a little bit heavier than Togekiss to get through that. Probably. <sighs> but... I've also been soft resetting for legendary Pokemon in preparation for the last big thing I have when it comes to Black 2. Uh, I've obtained Regirock, Kabalion, and Verizian so far, and I'm shooting for Tarakian next. Nice. And that leads into completing the Pokedex. Fantastic! Yes. I figured I'd complete the Pokedex and get the Shiny and Round Charms because... Oh, right. Yeah, you were talking about that. Yes, and I don't know if we're going to be getting move tutors in Black 2 or in X and Y yet, and if we don't, then I at least have all of my stuff in Black 2, and I can just use that to breed things to move into X and Y if I really need to, and then still have access to the move tutor and the amazing, awesome capabilities of Shiny Charm and Round Charm. Yeah, unless... X and Y really change up a lot of things. I'm probably going to still end up doing most of my breeding in 5th gen for a while. Yeah. And, I don't know, it's also been kind of fulfilling. I've learned a lot of stuff about Pokemon that I haven't learned before. Like, the various meth- the various methods of evolution. I've found now that I've been very, very sorely lacking in knowing how a lot of these Pokemon evolve. And that's it's just been from the Unova decks, too. I've not even gotten really into the National decks proper yet. But 
I don't know. It's It's been really exciting, and I don't know. I've been looking at a lot of different Pokemon that I've not even really considered before. Like, I had to evolve a Sunkern into a Sunflora, and I had absolutely no idea that those Pokemon have Chlorophyll and Solar Power as their abilities. Womp womp. So, yeah, it's been interesting. And so far, I'm... As of this morning, I'm sitting at, for the Unova decks, 293 seen, 258 obtained. And for the National decks, I'm sitting at 578 seen, 482 obtained. Nice. Yep. So I'm getting there. Yeah, it's like two-thirds of the way there. Yep. (sighs) In other news, I guess, White 2... I've started up a pseudo-Nuzlocke challenge for that one. Pseudo-Nuzlocke? Yes. Um, when it comes to the rules for it, I, I'm not necessarily a fan of the whole, like, hardcore, hey, this is a Nuzlocke challenge, let's do this sort of thing. <laughs> um, when, I, when I started it, I went... I to be before I started white Two, like literally a few weeks ago, I'd never even started the game on it before. So I waited until I got the challenge key in black Two, gave it to white Two, And now I'm, and I started the entire game from challenge mode right away. So doing challenge mode and to be perfectly fair, some of the trainers have been very tough. The AI has gotten a whole lot more intelligent than it was in normal mode when I played it in Black 2. So that's been interesting. Um, I've relaxed a lot of the rules when it comes to encountering wild Pokemon and my own Pokemon fainting. I don't automatically release them if they faint. Uh, when it comes to encountering wild Pokemon, I still liked to limit myself to using the first Pokemon that I catch in an area, but if it's a duplicate of a Pokemon I already have, because there have been just all of the stupid Lillipups everywhere (laughs) where I'm at right now, I just, I'll let them go, and I'll just catch another one from the same area that I find. I'm I'm not going to just be like, well, Lillipup, well, Lillipup. Team of six Lillipups. I'm not using any legendary Pokemon for this. I'm trying to avoid using recovery items in uh, battle or in hostile environments. And I think most importantly, and this one's been really hard for me since I've been doing this for three years, I'm not going to be using any EV-trained Pokemon from another game, and I'm not going to be EV-training any of the Pokemon in this version. I'm trying to play it as if I was just playing it for the very first time, and I had not really experienced a Pokemon game before. That's awesome. So. It's been a long time since I've done anything like that. I have that, like, I have a Nuzlocke run started on my copy of Soul Silver. But I haven't touched it in quite a while, not since I had my first Pokemon death, as it were. Right. Because I <laughs> lost my ghastly. Oh no, that's right. <laughs> and I got so upset about it. I haven't touched it since then. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's yeah, alright. But yeah, that's that's been me with Black 2 and White 2. Otherwise, 
Uh, I've also been picking through Conquest, and I've been developing some of my warlords in preparation of using the cart for battling others at League. And I've been looking through my cart and checking out my warlords, and as it turns out, a lot of my warlords are really, really just terrifyingly good. I I say that with a degree of modesty, too, because... <laughs> oh, do you? Some of those guys, I spent... I was looking at my cart, and I'd spent 80 hours on the original playthrough of that game, just that first campaign mission. Wow. Just sitting there and training my guys and leveling them up. And so now, like, Oichi has a Haxorus, a Dragonite, a Wigglytuff, and I forget what the other one is. But, I mean, they just have super, just ridiculous Pokemon on there, and their link rating is so high. And I'm kind of looking forward to using it if there are going to be other people who are that big into it, too, because the the maximum link level carries over, I think, unless you artificially limit it down to 50. I think so. I think there's at least one mode where you where that's a possibility, like where you can yep. just battle out with your epic craziness. <laughs> And That's at least have it not be just a total steamroller like like Josh and his Nobunaga that he used to just absolutely cream me that oh, one day over at his house. Destruction. But, but yeah, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting. It's definitely a different way to play Pokemon. Yeah, so. I think I really need to pick Conquest back up for a while. I think maybe I'm getting a little bit burned out on the main series, and if that's the case, maybe I just need some time with Conquest to get a little bit of space between me and Pokemon White and White 2 while still actually playing Pokemon, because right now my break has been, I'll play all the Animal Crossing ever. Maybe I just need, <laughs> maybe I just need some more Conquest in my life. And Conquest is really fun. I know a lot of people were just like, oh, that's not your average Pokemon game, you know, why would you want to do something like that? But it's really fun. The fact that it's not your average Pokemon game is the point. Exactly. So, that's all that nonsense. Yep. And then the last thing I'm planning on doing is I'm going to start gathering the material for and breeding a new team for VGC format tournaments. Ooh! Yes. Are you thinking about doing your son team, or...? You know, I... I have an idea of what I'm going to do, but... And... This might come as kind of a shock to some of the listeners, but I don't think I'm going to talk about what the team is right now, because when I was at League a couple of weeks ago, I remembered I had been battling a couple of people, and some of them were making some very informed decisions on what I was battling with, and I was like, so, you guys listened to the podcast, didn't you? Oh yeah, we totally listened to the podcast, and, you know, we kind of knew what team you were running. And I was like, oh. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. I don't want this to become a thing where we can't discuss our teams and stuff like that, because listeners are... Being... And, you know, it was kind of one of those things where we had just gotten back from regionals, and I had we had just talked about our teams, too. 
So it was kind of one of those things where he had heard it, you know, they had heard it and it was like, well, yep, we, we heard it, you know, we kind of knew it was coming, but yeah, I'm thinking this time around, I'm going to keep it under wraps for a while until I use it at league. And then I'll totally talk about it on the podcast. I suppose that is acceptable. (laughs) And that is all of the stuff that Sam has been doing. Awesome. Well, let's head over to the news desk then. All right. It is time to stop down at the news desk. Uh, we're essentially having two news desks today because our main topic is also Pokemon X and Y news. But turns out there's more than just X and Y news out there. Yes. Uh, first thing we've got is for our underground announcements. Uh, we've got the voting, the voting choices for the double team segment for, I guess, two weeks from now. And the choices that we can have you guys vote for are Lantern, Garboder, and Pidgeot. Interesting choices. Yes. I'm totally good with this. And, you know, you can vote for these. Uh, Pokemon by going to our D20 radio network forums. You can send any submissions you want to on Twitter, uh, or as is becoming rapidly probably the best way to get responses out of us for this is over our Facebook group. So you can go to any one of those places. You can say, hey, I'd like either Lantern, Garbodor, or Pidgeot to see for the double team segment, and we can go from there with it your story that's all we got for underground announcements in pokemon overworld news there are some big things out there the first of which is a new pgl promotion we've got another new pokedex skin this is the third one in a very rapid amount of time here and this one is actually themed after normal type gym leader and former pokemon rival charon and it looks really really good it is pretty sweet i like it a lot oh yeah uh, speaking of PGL stuff, registration for the June 2013 International Challenge is just about to close. Uh, for those of you who have signed up, the prizes are the, I can't remember what their names are, but they're the other berries that are sort of the foil to the other berries we've gotten for prizes, which were the Solik and Lychee berries. And these prize berries, I guess, are going to be the ones that raise your special defense, defense, and uh, what's the last one? Special attack in a pinch if your HP is low. So for those of you who are participating, good luck. It's going to be a fun tournament. I'm going to be participating in it. And yeah. Huzzah. Huzzah. Oh, uh, European players are also now able to scoop up a bit more DLC for Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity. Um, Mount Tepid, Treat Road, and The Strongest Trail are available now on the Nintendo eShop. So um, even though Europe and Australia were a little late on the release for those games, they are picking up on the DLC. So it sounds like even though there was a delay in getting those games out on the other markets, they won't be suffering as far as uh, DLC is concerned. Exactly. Um, Japan has gotten two new 
I guess, event Pokemon that we've kind of talked about in the show a little here in the past, but uh, the first one here is a Jirachi. And this is to tie in with a new episode of the anime featuring the legendary Pokemon. So jealous. I want more Jirachi events. <laughs> yeah, the Jirachi events have... That was a long time ago, too. Long enough that I didn't SR for my Jirachi, so... Yeah. Uh, the other one that we've got, too, is that we've got some new details on that Sing Eevee that came out that, well, at least the news broke out for it a while ago. And for those of you in the United States who are thinking about getting one, it's looking like it's going to be a Japan-only event. Which is, you know, fairly typical. Yeah. Um, apparently it'll be released only in the Lollaport Toyosu Shopping Center on July 13th, and then from the 14th to September 1st, it's going to be available at Pokemon centers throughout Japan via exchange of ticket thing that you get for it, I guess. I wish we had cool stuff like that. Someday. Someday. Or I'm just going to go to Japan and or live there instead. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ben, we're going to Japan. Congratulations! I bought plane tickets! There's a U-Haul outside! <laughs> um, and, you know, for anybody who was interested in the Sing EV, like its details... It's got the moves Sing, Return, Echoed Voice, and Attract. It was level 50 and holds the Silk Scarf. Uh, Pokemon Scramble U has got more news. It's getting bigger and bigger every single week in Japan. There are more figures being released now. This is actually the third set that's been released over in Japan. And these uh, Figures include Mew, Jirachi, Darkrai, Celebi, Deoxys, and Landform Shaman. Um, and there is apparently also a secret piece floating around that happens to be the shiny red Genesect. It's It's been interesting stuff to check out over there anyway. I don't know how much of that stuff we're going to get over here because, I don't know, I think the... Some of these scramble use sets have been like limited, like 100 people only releases. So yeah, I don't know. It makes me a little bit sad on that front because I wish we would. I hope that we have access to all the same figures that they do, especially now that there's like a Mew and a Landform Shaman out there. Because turns out super cute. <laughs> but that's that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of also just really interesting news, I guess, uh, a new anime episode following popular demand from, I guess, fans from the last movie is being billed as a prequel to the new uh, Extreme Speed Genesect Mewtwo's Awakening movie and will feature Mewtwo changing its form along with the apparent Unova League champion of the anime, Virgil. Interesting. I've... Right? It's, it was kind of one of those things where I didn't ever realize that they would ever do that. You know, do a prequel episode of the anime to a movie. But I guess I didn't realize that we weren't going to actually see Mewtwo change its form in this movie. Because to me, that's kind of what this is saying. It's like, oh, well... Uh, Mewtwo, you're going to actually get to see Mewtwo change its form in this episode of the anime, but whatever. Yeah. Um, the anime has also 
gearing up for Generation 6 of Pokemon. Uh, there's a new episode coming up that's going to be featuring three of the new Gen 6 Pokemon before X and Y's actual video game release. I think I saw that one of the Pokemon that they were going to be featuring was that new flying dragon type that they had out. So, Very cool. Yeah. Uh, also, the last cup, the last thing that we have here is that we've got some new Pokemon stationery for the 3DS Swap Note application. Uh, they went live here during E3 week, and they were automatically sent to players of Pokemon games. Though, I, I that's <laughs> that's all the data we have on that. Doesn't we don't know if it's because you played Black Two and White Two, or if you played one or the other, or even if you were playing just like Black I don't know White. Well, I was going to say, like, Diamond and Platinum. You know, nobody oh. knows. But <laughs> uh, they these new Swap Notes application, I don't know, stationaries, I guess. Yeah, that's the right word. Yep. Uh, they, they feature Xerneas and Iveltal on one and Chespin, Fennekin, and Froki on the other. Awesome. I actually really like the, um, the Xerneas and Iveltal one a lot. That one's really cool. So I was I was kind of excited to get those. I gotta start using swap notes some more. Oh yeah. Well, as promised, Sam and I have gathered all of the information that there is available currently on the upcoming games Pokemon X and Pokemon Y, and there is a lot of it to talk about, and because there's so much to go through, we decided that we were just going to dedicate this entire episode to a special news report on Pokemon X and Y. In uh, Starting off, we have some very generalized information about the region in which this Pokemon game is going to be taking place. Pokemon X and Y are going to be taking place in the Kalos region, which was confirmed ahead of the planned time to be based on real-world France. Yep. And it was kind of humorous to see this go down on the Nintendo, like, roundtable discussion sort of thing, because the game designers are just like, well, we didn't want to say that it was based on France, but you brought it up, so we kind of oh, had I to say. Oh, I can't pass a thing. <laughs> Turns out the fans are on to us. But shoot, <laughs> uh, the region is just ridiculously massive, and we've got it's it the. Uh, and the region is so large, actually, that the Pokedex is split into three separate parts, one for Central, Coastal, and Mountain Kalos. It's going to be crazy. Crazy. I can't, like, well, and it, I guess it's not entirely surprising because 3DS games can be much bigger than regular than their regular DS counterparts. The 3DS has more processing power, the ability to handle bigger games and things like that, so I'm really glad that they're taking advantage of that in giving us this massive region. Well, because the 3DS has been out since probably Black and White came out, too. So it's they're finally coming into the technology that's out there and exists now, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the game, as we said, is coming out for the 3DS and is entirely in 3D, including all the Pokemon models and animation. Yep. From the very get-go, like right when you start up your game, it doesn't matter what region you've purchased your game in, you're going to be able to choose one of several languages that you would like to play the game in, um, which is, is kind of awesome. Oh, yeah. And it literally has a lot of language options to choose from. It has English, Spanish, German, French. I think it has Korean and Japanese on it, too. It's got a lot of variation for people to choose from, so. Awesome sauce! Oh, yeah. Uh, We've also mentioned before that there's going to be this new level of character customization within the games for your trainer, like your player character trainer, that we've never seen before in Pokemon games. Oh, yeah. Um, we've talked about this before. You're going to be able to choose skin tone, hair color, and you're going to get to deck yourself out with other items and clothing and accessories that you pick up as the game progresses. Which is going to be really awesome. So excited! They're also featuring battle camera angles as a big new feature, and uh, they're taking really a cue from games like Pokemon Stadium, where you've got this rotating camera. Uh, they kind of touched on it in Black 2 and White 2, but this time around especially in, like, the Sky Battles, which we'll talk about here in just a second, they're just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you're rotating around the battlefield, and you're able to see your Pokémon from every angle, um, and they've also got, like, a weird, like, split-screen thing going on at some, you know, particularly dramatic points, I guess. And it looks like it's going to be really, really just amazing to see visually. Awesome. I'm really excited for that. Oh, yeah. Um, we have also, the I guess the big thing that everybody's been talking about recently is the um, reveal of the new type of Pokemon, which is to say the fairy type. And this is the part where Sam and I eat a little bit of humble pie because we were uh -huh. both we were both fairly certain that that was not going to be an actual thing. And then it happened. Now it's an actual thing. Um, yeah. We're we're actually going to wait on our thoughts on all of that because question of the week. Spoiler alert. Um, but the facts about it right now are that. There's not much known about it. Um, it's strong against dragon types. It's a new type. There are several new Pokemon that are being introduced that are of the fairy type, and a bunch of the old Pokemon um, from previous generations are being retrofitted to accept this new type into their typing, much akin to when Steel came out um, in second gen and Magnemite went from being just an electric Pokemon to being an electric Steel Pokemon. Exactly. Now, we've got, as Natil was talking about earlier, we've got some new and some old Pokemon that have been announced as having had changes to them. Uh, for our new Pokemon, we've got the obvious three starter Pokemon that have been known for a while. That would be Chespin, who is the grass starter, Fennekin is the fire starter, and Froakie is the water starter. We also have Sylveon, who we have known is in existence for quite some time. Um, who is going to be the straight fairy-type evolution of Eevee. And then over the last 
week and a half to two weeks here, we've had a whole host of new Pokemon thrown at us. Exactly. Uh, there have been some, you know, there have been some kind of really interesting looking Pokemon. We've got Panchim, who is a fighting type Pokemon and is, I'm just going to say it right now, is really adorable. I mean, little, that's a little Pando one, right? Yes. <laughs> and then we've had a couple of different flying ones that have come out. Uh, Fletchling, who is our normal flying Pokemon, he's kind of like, I don't know, he kind of looks like the token, like, Pidgey of Gen 6, I guess? Yep, he's based on the Japanese Swallow, I believe. Okay. And then we've also got Talonflame, who is a fire and flying Pokemon, which is also really interesting, because I don't think we've had too many fire and flying Pokemon since Gens 1 and 2. I think you're right. Yep. Um, we've also got Go-Goat coming out, who is a grass-type Pokemon. Uh, Go-Goat is the one they introduced when they started revealing to us the riding mechanic. Yes. Uh, we also, we've got an electric normal type coming out, which is a completely new typing. I don't believe there are any other electric normal type Pokemon out there. I don't think so. Um, and it's Helioptile, which is this, like, weird reptile-looking yellow and black lizard Pokemon with kind of like a helicopter propeller ears. <laughs> so, like, that that's a thing. Yes. Uh, we've also got a, I'm, I'm going to assume it's an evolutionary line here, and it's a bug-type evolutionary line. We've got uh, Scatterbug, Spewba, and Vivillion, and they are Bug, Bug, and Bug, and Flying, respectively. And, I don't know, I really like how Vivillion looks. Yeah, I don't, Vivillion I don't know if a... it's... Oh. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be like like the Butterfree or the, or what's the other one? The Beedrill of Gen 1, but, you know, still, it looks really amazing. Yeah, um, it's got it's got more of a moth look to it than... Sam mentioned earlier that there is a new flying dragon-type Pokemon coming out. It's actually called... Um, Noivern. Noivern. Um, I... <laughs> It doesn't look like a dragon to me. It looks like a terrifying bat with sunken eyes. You know, I when I first saw it, I was really excited. I kind of caught the wyvern part of the name. And I was just like, that's a dragon type. So I had to find out what it was. And when I was sitting there, I was just like, well, it looks like a bat. Maybe it's like a poison dragon type. I thought that would be really cool. But it's nope, it's another, it's just it's, another flying dragon type. It's flying dragon. Quad which, week to ice. Congratulations. Yep, same thing. But you know, that's also a good thing for me too. You know, it makes the threat of the new type, I guess, a little less dangerous. So I guess. Yep. But we've also got a couple other little cool Pokemon. Speaking of the poison type, uh, we've got. Clauncher uh, and Skrelp, and they are a water type and a poison and water type, respectively. And just saying right now, Skrelp looks really, really cool. Skrelp has got a very um, sea dragon appearance to it, which is, if you know what like sea dragons are as opposed to seahorses, um, they're like leafy and kind of weird looking. I really, really hope that 
um, scrub will have some really awesome like evolutionary forms. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a thing that I'm looking forward to. Um, we also have um, let let Leo. Yeah. Uh, who, if you're paying attention to the Leo part of his name, he is a lion-like Pokemon. Um, he's actually fire normal. That's really cool. Yeah, we're we're getting a lot of these sort of weird slash normal hybrids already. Um, and that's a thing that is a little bit on the unusual side. Like most of the slash normal type Pokemon we get are flying normal. Yep. So fire normal is kind of exciting. Um, he's was... super cute too. I was a little disappointed, though. Everybody was just like, cool, we're finally getting a lion Pokemon. And I was just like, well, what about Luxray? And the response that I got back was basically, what about Luxray? (laughs) Oh, 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 poor Luxray. Right? I was just like, oh, so I guess, okay. Oh, no. I don't know. I have a... I have a special attachment to Luxray because he was one of the first Pokemon that I played with in Gen 4. So, you know, just just putting that out there. But, you know, now people are getting their their lion Pokemon, I guess. The real lion Pokemon. But, um, and yeah. then we also have a new fairy-type Pokemon that they've announced. Um, Flabebe. <laughs> yep. And... I don't know, it looks pretty cool, I guess. Apparently it's supposed to be this Pokemon that bonds with a flower and then, you know, is just kind of hanging out there being a flower fairy Pokemon, so. Uh, and then the the last two, obviously, are the two that we've known about since the very first trailer for X and Y, Why? which are um, Xerneas and Eveltal. Nobody knows what their typing is yet, though. We'll find so. that out soon enough. I really like a lot of the designs for the Pokemon, like the new Pokemon that they've thrown out. The only one that I'm kind of iffy about is Flabebe. Yeah. And that's just because I have this, like, weird issue with, you know, having a, like, throwing out a Pokemon and having more than just the Pokemon come out of the Pokeball. Because the flower is not attached to the Pokemon. It's not part of the Pokemon. It is just a random flower that the Pokemon bonds with. Well, I suppose the same could be said about, like, Farfetch'd and his little, like, leak stick thing. Yeah, but his little leak stick thing is like an accessory. This flower is, like, twice the size of the actual Pokemon. I guess. I don't know. It's it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the one that they've revealed so far that makes me kind of go, ah. I see. <laughs> You know, but after we've covered all these new Pokemon, we do have three older Pokemon that are confirmed to have been getting, I guess, not necessarily an upgrade, but maybe an update. Retrofitting. Yes. And those are Gardevoir, Jigglypuff, and Meryl, who are becoming Psychic Fairy, Normal Fairy, and Water Fairy, respectively. Uh, We've also had some new types of battle that have been confirmed. They are definitely turning heads. Oh, yeah. Uh, The two types of battle that have been confirmed that are new to 6th generation are sky battles and horde encounters. Now, when it comes to sky battles, from what they've been talking about when it comes to just like the Nintendo reveals, the roundtables, things like that, they're saying that it won't just be limited to Pokemon that have 
the flying type to them. It'll be Pokemon that have the ability Levitate as well. So you could be seeing Pokemon like Haunter out there fighting up against an Archeops, even though it's a terrible matchup. I mean, just just saying, but... Uh, <laughs> It Don't looks, do it! It looks like it's really going to be a unique way to battle. I'm not sure what any other mechanics are going to be when it comes to that, but, you know, just the fact that you've got, like, this aerial battle going on with Pokemon seems really, really cool. It's interesting, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Horde battles are a little terrifying. Just a little. Just, Yeah. Like, the general concept here is that it is up to five on one. And, you know, the odds are a little in your favor because I was watching the I was watching the Nintendo reveal, and they said that if you have a move that can hit multiple Pokemon at once, it can be made just a whole lot easier to get through that sort of thing. One of the Pokemon used Rock Slide on this whole group of, like, five Houndours, and just destroyed the Hound Hours. I mean, just completely nuked them. But yeah, just if you run into the wild and all of a sudden you're facing down five, like, Lillipup or something, that's a little terrifying. Especially, like, because it's so unusual for there to ever be situations where you have multiple Pokemon against only one of yours. When you encounter double battles in the wild or triple battles in um, actual gameplay, it's always an even two-on-two or three-on-three until you are down to your absolute last Pokemon. So the idea that they're going to be like, no, no, you're going to fight fight all these Pokemon on your own. Congratulations! Kind of makes me go... (sighs) Right. (laughs) It makes Nuzlocke that much more terrifying. (laughs) Right. I suppose when it comes to the realistic part of it, it makes sense. But still, that's, you know, just, it'd be like running into, you'd just be like, yeah, I'm a trainer, I'm out on my first battle. And then running into a pack of Houndoom. Terrifying. Right? But yeah, so those are two different types of battle that are coming out that will be completely um, new to 6th generation games. Another thing that's completely new to 6th Gen is the Player Search System, or PSS, that's going to be incorporated into the game. And this is really cool, because it's, from what I've gathered anyway, it's supposed to be the successor to both the Global Trade Station and the Sea Gear, and it will be merging them together in order to create for you this sort of, like, player listing, you know, automatic trading over long distances, internet-capable, just super awesome thing that makes it so much easier to interact with players either locally or even globally and around the world. Yes, there are some specific things that we know about it so far. Um, It syncs with your 3DS friend list. It is StreetPass and SpotPass compatible. Um, And if you pass by a random person enough times, they'll automatically send out what uh, the equivalent of a friend request um, so that you can manually assign... Oh, and you can manually assign uh, your friends to other lists so that you can quickly reference them as to what they mean to you. Oh, yeah. Um, to me, it's a lot like how Animal Crossing is working with their 3DS 
interconnectivity capabilities. It probably won't be quite as intense as how Animal Crossing works because the entire idea of Animal Crossing is that you're sharing this game with other people. But it's got a lot of that same functionality feel to it, which is awesome because the way that it works in Animal Crossing is super slick. And I can only imagine that with a little extra time uh, that the Pokemon company is having to work with it, that they're going to do a stellar job. Oh, yeah. And another thing about it, too, is that it's an always-on compatible... It's an always-on sort of feature when it comes to the internet. You can turn it off if you want to save battery power or show that you're technically offline at that point. But otherwise, you know, you're always on and you're always interacting with people who are on your friend list. So it's a really cool thing. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Backwards compatibility is something that all competitive players are definitely concerned about. Thus far, as, thus far, all we know about backwards compatibility from 6th gen to 5th gen is that it's being worked on. Um, we don't have a whole lot of details about it. We're assuming that it's going to be functioning in a very similar way to the way that 5th gen was backwards compatible with 4th gen, which is to say that you'll be able to transfer Pokemon up but not back down. Which makes sense. Absolutely. Um, so we don't we don't know a whole lot about it yet, but it has been confirmed that it that they are working on it. Yep. Which is good. Very good. Or I would throw all of the tables ever, because raw. <laughs> throw all the tables. <laughs> and less. Well, I guess we're coming up on the end of our news here. We've got a announcement that. that Cerebi made here not too long ago, and they reported that X and Y will not only be adding new attacks, but they'll also be updating some of the old attacks with new accuracies or base powers. The only one that they have on that particular list right now is Vine Whip, and they haven't said exactly what is changing about Vine Whip, but it sounds like 6th Gen is going to be making some changes to moves that have been in existence forever. Which Um, is good. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. We'll see how that goes for them. Um, some of the new moves that we've already seen that are out there now are a parting shot, parabolic charge, boom burst, moon blast, fairy wind, and noble roar. That sounds awesome. Yeah, parabolic charge is like the coolest name for a Pokemon move ever. Right. So that's a cool thing. Um, there is something else coming with Pokemon X and Y. Um, they're calling it Pokemon Ami, which yes. is this new feature that's going to be using the game's 3D capabilities along with the touchscreen. And it's attempting to give you as a trainer a new level of interaction with your Pokemon. Um, essentially, you're going to be able to feed, pet, and even play with your Pokemon and by playing with them, like some of the things that you do include mimicking your Pokemon's movements, and the game will track that by the camera. Which was a little strange to hear. A little bit, yeah. Still, it might it might be really interesting. You never know. <laughs> uh, I do know that this feature for the people who do engage in it, will give bonuses in the game that affect things like critical hit ratio and accuracy. 
So, Weird. I, I guess it sort of makes sense when you think about it. Those bonuses are probably only solidly in-game bonuses, though. We That won't carry over into competitive play, most likely. Yeah. But the... I guess it's nice for the casual players just and for players who just want to interact with their Pokemon, too, that you have that to work with in a Pokemon game, which is, which is new and unique. I mean, it's been a long time since anything like this has been even remotely looked at, really. True story. Uh, we've also had two new forms of transportation confirmed for us uh the first of which is riding pokemon which we talked about uh earlier in the show actually when we were talking about gogoat uh but gogoat is not the only pokemon that's been confirmed as a rideable pokemon we've also had rhyhorn confirmed as one as well yep and rhyhorn apparently is going to be really good at walking over rocky terrain as opposed to Go-Goat, who's going to be really good at just, you know, kind of just moving around everywhere and, you know, basically doing whatever a goat does. <laughs> uh, we've also had Rollerblades confirmed, which is faster than normal travel, uh, which, you know, should be expected from a Rollerblades. You would think so. So uh, we, we don't know if it's going to be replacing the bicycle or not, but they're definitely going to be a thing. I hope it doesn't replace the bicycle. Me too. I like the bicycle. My hope the bicy- is... Sorry, what? go ahead. The bicycle is... The bicycle is like your friend. You've always... You've had it ever since Gen 1. I mean, it's... It's like the lifesaver of all things. <laughs> oh, I really genuinely hope that it doesn't replace the bicycle. My hope is that the rollerblades will be like a middle ground between pressing B to run and using the bike. Oh, that would be nice. Because sometimes the bike just goes a little bit too fast to get around, like, you know, cities and stuff like that. You know, I've kind of noticed that, too, where it's just like, all right, I'm going to ride my bike. Oh, wait a second. Now I'm still sitting here in front of this door. I'm going to get in that door one at one point or another, but I'm going too fast, and I'm always one square below or above where I need to go. (laughs) I know! Oh, but yeah, um, that's literally all of the X and Y news. All of it. Congratulations. You are now caught up on all things Pokemon X and Y. And there's still a few months here before X and Y come out. I'm sure Sam and I will probably end up doing one more of these episodes before all is said and done. Oh, yeah. But... You know, for now, we're all caught up, and we are super excited for these games to go live in October. What kind of Pokemon are you? How do you do the things you do? Share with me your secrets deep inside. What kind of Pokemon are you? Are you loyal through and through? And do you have a heart that's true? What kind of Pokemon are you? This week's Pokemon Spotlight covers number 584, Vanillox. Vanillox is a pure ice-type Pokemon and is the final evolved form of Vanillite and Vanillish. 
Um, its appearance is that of two large ice cream cones connected together with blue icicles, representing the cones and icy bodies that appear like ice cream. They have two faces and a large straw-like appendage sticking out of one of the heads that funnels out snow clouds. And, you know, Pokedex entries suggest that this relatively, you know, I guess... Happy-looking Pokemon. Happy-looking Pokemon is actually very dangerous to get angry, because if the... If both heads get angry at the same time, it has the capability to create and subsequently bury entire communities in powerful blizzards. Oh my. Right? That seems a little unnecessary, but Lux. You're such a happy-looking Pokemon. Why you do this? Crazy sauce. Oh, yes. Uh... Vanillix, you know, despite being one of the Pokemon that people tend to point to about being, you know, oh, now there's an ice cream Pokemon. Uh, it's, it's got some interesting history associated with it as far as in-game lore is concerned. For instance, right. uh, the Vanillix evolutionary line appears to be the inspiration behind the Castelia Cone, which is the novelty treat that is famous to and only available in Castelia City. Uh, it has the same effect as a full heal. Unless, of course, the Vanillix are actually possessed Castelia cones. That's disturbing. Haunters possessing them. We're not going okay. there. All right. <laughs> uh, Vanillix has also been owned by three different players that have been, I guess, important to either the worlds of the video game, the anime, or both. Uh in the case of the anime, I guess, uh, the anime-specific trainer Georgia owns one, and she is a bitter rival of the Pokemon Ash and Company trainer Iris. Ooh. It, it's actually been kind of interesting. It's It was kind of funny to see Iris cowering in fear of a poor little... Oh, I don't think it was a Vanillix, but I think it was a Vanillite. Oh, it was my- just like, oh... I guess well, it makes sense because, you know, she's a dragon trainer. Yeah. So, uh, um, and also used a Vanillix on his team. Yes. Oh, and oh, well, go ahead. Sorry. He, he's, I guess he sort of uses a Vanillix on his team. I, he, I know he used one in black and white, but when it came to black two and white two, he still used one, but it was on one of his seasonal teams, which was a really cool thing to be able to fight. Too. I mean, just yeah. having different teams for the different seasons was really awesome. Uh, Game Freak announced that the designer of Vanillix and its evolutionary line was actually British graphic designer James Turner, who became the first Westerner to officially design Pokemon in 2010. He's also the designer of Vullaby, Mandibuzz, Golette, and Golurk. So don't get any ideas about, you know, the Western developer being the ruiner of Pokemon, because most people really actually like um, Golette and Golurk, who honestly seem to be a very Japanese-inspired design, considering it's got kind of like that Gundam feel. Right. So, done there. Vanillix has also made four appearances in the Pokemon TCG. Uh... 
And Vanillix really has some rather quirky traits in that particular branch of Pokemon. Uh, he can force opponents to retreat his active Pokemon if the attacker decides to switch Pokemon using his Slippery Souls ability, and also can do damage on one of his cards based on the retreat cost of the defender. Interesting. He's he's kind of interesting to battle with. I really I really have appreciated seeing what he can do. Vanillix shares a unique distinction with Lapras as having the highest base stat total of any non-legendary Ice-type Pokemon at 535. Um, other Pokemon with this stat total include Magnezone, Porygon-Z, Swampert, Tangrowth, and Rhyperior. Vanillix, however, is a pure Ice-type, which means that in spite of its high base stat total and above-average defenses, it does have weaknesses to the very common Fighting, Rock, Fire, and Steel types, and only resists its own element. Which is sort of detrimental for it. Sort of. Um, it does, however, have relatively high offensive stats, which makes a mixed attacker an option. Uh, but most sets for this Pokemon are actually going to be taking advantage of its higher base special attack, setting at 110, and his much larger special move pool. He's got a variety of stab ice attacks, and, um, you know, by throwing on a few gems that one might not expect him to carry, you can include things like Flash Cannon, Weather Ball, Natural Gift, and the incredibly rare Water Pulse, which allows you the option to confuse your opponents. It also has access to Ice Shard, which is really something that a lot of Ice types need when it comes to duking it out with Pokemon the likes of, you know, Hydreigon and Pokemon of that nature. Everybody loves priority. Everybody loves priority. <laughs> Um, it also has access to some decent support moves. I mean, it, you know, it's not going to do amazing things, but it's got access to things like Acid Armor and Mirror Coat and Iron Defense, which, considering it has below average speed, it's really going to need, you know, some bulk if you're going to do yeah. much with it. It definitely needs some help with that. But Vanellix is still an option. Totally an option. Um, I don't. I don't know where you would necessarily fit him in. He's one of those Pokemon where I've never actually looked into before, and were I to decide that I wanted him on a team, you know, maybe he's a great suggestion for a double team segment. I definitely don't think he's unusable. I don't think that any Pokemon is unusable, but he's one of those Pokemon where, considering his typing and his ridiculous weaknesses to super common things, especially priority fighting, um, you're really going to want to put him on a team with appropriate support. Question of the week time. Yay! Last week we asked a fairly easy question. <laughs> Who is your favorite Unova Pokemon? Dun dun dun! Um, we got a ton of responses, and we will go through them as 
quickly and thoroughly as possible. Starting off, we have Xavier right in. Or did we go with Javier? Javier. Uh, something. We had Javier right in who said, I made my choice basically off of design. Joltic. What can I say? I have a thing for cute. P.S. That poor spoink. Oh. <laughs> uh, we also had Casey who writes in, Hi, Mr. Samuel and Mrs. Natil. Angelic Doctor's daughter here. You can call me Casey. As for my favorite Unova Pokemon, I couldn't pick just one. I love both Scraggy and the whole Hydreigon line. Here's why. The first time I was ever able to use the GTS, I traded with a French player for a Scraggy, as Scraggy's a little hard to find in White 2 at first. His name was... Oh, crap. Fagawane? <laughs> Oh, it's, an, it's an intense French name. It is an intense French name, uh, which is actually the regular French name for a Scraggy. I, my apologies to anybody who speaks French. Um, <laughs> We're not French speakers. <laughs> without him, I would have failed at beating Getsis on the first time. He'd knocked out Getsis' Hydreigon with a high jump kick. I also love the cute little lizard with his little trousers. I'll never evolve him. Why do I love the Hydreigon line? They're adorable and fluffy. Well, they're also ferocious and a bit creepy, but I like that about them too. And who can argue with their massively great offensive stats? Good luck in your Pokemon journeys. Uh, Kent responded with Crocodile, Adamant, 252 EVs in attack and speed, Moxie with Earthquake, Outrage and a Dragon Gem, Swagger and Foul Play. This Pokemon has spelled many a legendary in his time. Awesome. Omen writes in, Scolipede holds the title of not only favorite Unova Pokemon, but favorite Pokemon overall. It's one of the very few Pokemon that takes being a bug and a poison type, two of the most underrated types to exist, and makes them just awesome. Kisuke wrote in saying, Amanga is my all-time favorite Unova Pokemon. I mean, come on, I have a podcast called The Amanga Cast. Andy wrote in, Darmanitan would be my favorite Unova Pokemon. A fire type, big, crazy big smile, and sheer force. What's not to love? Dario wrote in saying, I love my Tepig. Can't go wrong with his awesome cuteness. Josh wrote in, Scrafty. He's such a G. Justin said, okay, so me and favorites never stick to it for very long. Everything's my favorite. But I'd have to say definite, definite top rankers are Tepig, Garbodar, Seismitoad, and Cincino. But I've also really been liking Excadrill lately. Robert wrote in, Beartick. Come on, it's a frozen Ursaring. What's not to love? I also really love Duot and Lampant. Just looks so cool. Mikey seems to agree. He wrote in, easily Duot. <laughs> MJ wrote in, can't decide... So top three in no order, Joltik, Excadrill, and the Tepig line. And our final respondent was Mitch. He said, it's a tie between Darmanitan and Kafagrigus. Take away Darmanitan's eyebrows and smile, though, and Kafagrigus is the definite winner. This Pokemon is all kinds of creepy. I agree. Uh, this week's question, as we hinted at earlier, is revolving around the fairy type. This week we want to know... What are your first impressions on the new fairy type so far? Natil. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so at first I was really nervous about this announcement. Like, I kind of flipped a few tables and was like, no! Um, but 
the more and more I think about it, the more I know that the Pokemon company is not going to screw this up. They're going to have to rebalance the game. And that's just the way it's going to work. When you introduce a new type into a system that's had 17 types for almost a decade, you really have to do a lot of rebalancing. And I know they're going to do it well. They have to. I mean, they've got way too much wrapped up in the Pokemon competitive metagame to not do it well. If they screw it up, they are going to screw up every competitive Pokemon VG tournament there is. And with all the money they sink into things like regionals, nationals, and the world tournament, they're not going to mess it up. Yep. So I am I am being patient and I am going to hold my judgment until I've had a chance to actually play with the type before I go epic, you know, old Pokemon fogey on it. Uh, what about you, Sam? What do you think? I'm looking forward to a new spin on the metagame strategy. Um, I'm predicting that it'll be a nice defensive typing and that it'll bring more use and more playtime to typings and Pokemon that haven't seen much action in recent years, which will be really nice. I mean, just to just to show right now, I mean, there's uh, Gardevoir, who's going to be getting the fairy type. Maybe she'll be able to see some more use. Um, and really, though, to all the listeners who have been snickering about it, and I know you guys have. Um, <laughs> You're out there. <laughs> Yes, I know Dragon is weak to Fairy, but and I've actually gotten into a conversation about this with a couple of the listeners, but Ice is still the thing that Dragons worry about the most, not Sylveon. Just saying. So if you guys would like to share your uh, thoughts on the new Fairy type for this week's Question of the Week, you can do so in one of several ways. Uh, we will take responses in the form of tweets to my Twitter handle at HotPinkJoystick or Sam's Twitter handle at Alexiel Solarin. This is a bit of a big topic for that, though, so you might be better off sending your responses in the last three ways, which is to say in an email to the underground mailbag at gmail.com as a comment on this episode's thread on the D20 Radio Network forums at d20radio.com backslash forums or in our new and rapidly becoming favorite way to communicate on our Facebook page. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, you can find back episodes of The Underground on iTunes or at our website, theundergroundpodcast.wordpress.com. Please subscribe to the show via the iTunes store or directly through the RSS feed on our website. If you like what you hear, you can leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them with the nearest deli bird to our mailbag. Or you can just email us at theundergroundmailbag at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear your bumpers. Just record an MP3 of yourself telling us that you dig the underground and send it in. We'll play it at the top of the next episode. You can join our discussions over on the D20 Radio Network forums at d20radio.com backslash forums or now on Facebook at facebook.com backslash groups backslash the underground podcast. Please join us again next week when we'll be talking all about the Pokemon Global Link. So until next time, Pokefans, remember that our secret base is always open to you if you can find it.
The Underground Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license, and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Pokemon is a registered trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, 4Kids Entertainment, and Wizards of the Coast. Music used in the show comes courtesy of the OC Remix album, The Missing Note Tracks. These songs and thousands more can be found at www.ocremix.org. All original audio, textual, graphical, and video content associated with the Underground Podcast are the sole copyright intellectual property of Nathiel Erickson and Samuel Ranke in affiliation with the D20 Radio Network. And now for your Pokemon pro tip, never throw a surprise party for an electrode, or cough loudly around one, or pop a balloon around one. In fact, it's probably just better to leave them alone entirely.